0: Hey, y'all, Liz Higgins here, and welcome to the Millennial Life Podcast, where my main goal is to share conversations that will inspire you and drive you toward the life and relationship you desire. I'm here to share what I've learned as a licensed therapist and relationship coach specializing in millennial relationships and wellness, as well as transformative conversations with other professionals. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's episode. Hi guys. Well, I pod faded and I'm sad about it, (laughs) but I decided to make a turnaround and return to the podcast. So hello. To recap, since I fell off in December and I think it was mid-December that I released my latest episode, which was part two of a wonderful conversation with Laura Pierce, who's a marriage and family therapist and a registered play therapist, about parenting and building secure, emotional, healthy relationships with your kids, even when they are feisty, challenging toddlers. So, if that resonates with you in the phase of life you're in, I highly recommend going back and listening to that conversation because it was really great. But just an update from my end, I I took the holiday to spend time with the limited family that we did see, um, still being cautious through the winter months with COVID and everything. And so I was home a lot with my little ones. And I'm not sad about it. Although for me, spending many days after days after days with two toddlers gets completely draining. Um, I'll probably do another podcast about all that later. (laughs) But, you know, I think that years from now, I will be really grateful that I had that time and took that time. I'll also share that we just came out of Snowmageddon 2021. So as if we didn't get enough from 2020, Um, what a way to start out this year. Um, There was a ton of snow and ice and so many people So many families have been impacted throughout Texas and I know throughout the country, but our poor state was just not equipped for the kind of cold temperatures that it got down to. I mean, it was like zero and below and less than 10 degrees during the day for a few days last week. So gratefully, my family's fine. We made it through with minimal consequences, but yeah. Here we are, Monday morning. It was white as snow, literally, as far as my eyes could see last Friday. And today, it's going to be nearing the 70s. Yesterday, it was in the 70s. That is Texas, y'all. But okay, so I've decided to return to the podcasting. And this time, I want the next few episodes really to just be me sharing thoughts with you. There's so much stuff out there about relationships finding the right person, being the right person, however you want to look at it. And I want you to get a sense of what I believe and know about these things. And I want you to hear from me how I've been able to pull together from research, ideas, books, trainings, and my own clinical experience as a therapist. So today I want to check out the topic of compatibility. I hear clients bring up compatibility as an important ingredient of their relationship a lot. Um, I think for some people, it's a marker of your relationship's ability to succeed, um, of its longevity. When I think about the definition of compatibility, so many things come up, like agreeing on values that you simply cannot compromise on, Um, For example, one person wanting kits and the other being adamant that they don't. That sounds pretty incompatible from the start, if you ask me. Perhaps one person is religious and the other is not and has openly voiced no desire to change that. Um, I think something that we can struggle with a lot of times, even at the very beginning of a relationship, is receiving the information we are hearing a person share about themselves. And especially when there's that strong emotional, uh, physical infatuation phase, it can be really hard to hear those words. Um, Terry Real calls that phase, love without knowledge, (laughs) So we've got that love feeling experience blossoming and happening and it's really hard to blend that in with the rational knowing and hearing what is being said. Um so compatibility I think represents the areas of your life where you don't have to push and pull or fight to change your partner's stance about something. It's easy. Or there's a default understanding that doesn't require a whole lot of conflict. Okay, so I'm game with calling that compatibility for the sake of this conversation. So why should we not be focused on compatibility? Well, are we ever really, truly compatible with someone? Like, how do you measure that? At a certain point, you will Hit the places of your relationship where you simply do not see eye to eye, or even better, one or both of you will change. And I think that is one of the hardest parts of a relationship to navigate to when someone changes. They change their beliefs. They might change what they wanted. They grow, and they want to explore and expand. And the other person may not be on that same playing field. That can be really hard. So you can start out in a relationship thinking you're really compatible. And so many times during that infatuation phase, like we see that and it feels so valid. We're like, oh my God, we're so compatible. We like all the same things and we have so much fun when we're together and That is real. That's true that that's happening. It's also love without knowledge. You're also in the blind love phase where you don't know everything about each other. You couldn't possibly. So perhaps that's true, starting out in the relationship, thinking you're really compatible. But compatibility as a precursor to long term commitment or as an indicator of your relational success and your level of intimacy. Not so much. That's like putting yourselves inside of a box and saying, okay, as long as we both stay this way and don't venture outside of the agreements we've made with each other about ourselves, our values, our interests, we're good. Like, no. People will change. You will change. Your partner will change. We are giving compatibility way too much power in our culture today And choice paradox and the plethora of people in the palm of your phone in the apps right now, this very second, makes it so incredibly easy to swipe people who don't appear to have what you need to feel happy or secure in a relationship. Keyword, appear, appear to have that. So I'd rather change the conversation. And instead of saying, so rather than focus on compatibility, what do we focus on? Uh, Well, how about this? Let's collectively accept that all marriages are incompatible. Now, I don't want you to hear that as me saying you should just go be with anyone. Of course, let yourself feel drawn to certain people for certain reasons. I'm simply deconstructing this idea that we should use compatibility as a way to determine something about ourselves or our partner. And certainly something as large as, we're going to make it. We're going to succeed. We will be happily ever after because of these things. Like there's too many other moving parts. There's other factors. We are not that linear. Really what I'm saying here too is that when I hear clients bring up not feeling compatible, I want to know about that. I want to hear specifically what is giving them this anxiety or this experience that they aren't meant for each other or that this detail of their relationship means that their picker was off. (laughs) What it usually boils down to is that whatever the subject is, which it almost doesn't even matter what the subject is, it brings up an area of insecurity, feeling unsafe, unheard, or that they're not accepted. And that is the work That incompatibility can bring up for couples. Our culture is so stuck on this pattern of incompatibility, leave. Incompatibility, I'm bouncing. When really, that's the invitation to do the deeper work of being in a committed relationship. There's actually a decent little black book called Why You Will Marry the Wrong Person. It stemmed from a viral TED Talk a few years back. Um, I should know the guy's name, some British guy, but uh, it was really good. I'll link to it in the show notes. I highly recommend it. It talks about this transition from marriage being the old traditional institution to the romantic phase where we married for love and happily ever after It was a romanticized emotional decision to the marriage of today, which is a blend of this fierce intimacy that we want, but also a psychological understanding of ourselves. It will really change the way that you view relationship and marriage. I can almost promise you that, but I'm not supposed to ethically make promises. So I'd like to put some of these more thoughtful questions out there to you. Like what do you think it will take for you to handle giving love to someone different than you? What do you think it would take for you to receive love from someone different than you? How can you navigate your differences? And what do your differences, especially the ones that bring you the most emotional reactivity, what do they bring up from your childhood? How are these unhealed wounds an invitation for you to grow and develop? Yeah, (laughs) this also shifts me into the topic of compromise. I'll quickly talk about that. When people feel like they're hitting a wall of incompatibility on some things or wanting different things, it then becomes a conversation of compromise like, well, how do we make a compromise here? You want this, but I want that. So who gets what they want? And this is where we enter the murky waters because I don't consider compromise a healthy success when someone feels like they came out losing. When they came out giving up something important to them, eh, you've both lost. Where compromise is a healthy outcome is when couples can learn to negotiate like mature adults. And I just want to say to y'all, like, we're not supposed to know how to do all this. I mean, it's not yet embedded into our society and our culture as much as learning how to do math is or learning how to read and write is. We are not given these skills, and very few of us are given a healthy model for what this stuff looked like when we were growing up. So I could almost guarantee that every single person listening to this conversation, including me, has things to learn about their own experience of compatibility, how to compromise, how to be in a healthy relationship. So that's the hope, right? We're all in this together. But like healthy compromise, that would look like willingness, open dialogue, both partners feeling seen and understood for what they need, both partners being willing to continue taking each other on through difficult decisions in life. Like you keep choosing each other through the hard stuff. You don't give up because of the hard stuff. And believe it or not, a curiosity and openness to your partner changing that's another ingredient. You don't stop paying attention to each other. That is the road to growth and a real aliveness in your relationships. And if you do the work, then the good feels and the good vibes are sure to follow. Okay, so I think I have shared my thoughts. So let's sit on this. And please feel free to DM me on Instagram, you can find me at Liz T. Higgins or email me through my website. If you have any thoughts or questions, I would love to hear what's on your mind about all this. Where did this land? What is missing from this conversation? What do you want to hear more of? All right, stay tuned for more stuff. And I look forward to talking to y'all later. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. If you like the show, leave us five stars or write a review. If you're interested in learning more, sign up for my free ebook, The One Barrier to Commitment All Millennials Face at millennialrelationships.com.